Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hear me out. I'm not saying you can't ever drink an energy drink. My problem is when you drink one and then you stop at the gas station and get another one. And then two hours later, you get another one. And then you have to go sit in a meeting after your long road trip and you get another one. Chris, I think we're going to call this one the over-caffeination of America because it really is a growing problem. It is, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm not part of it, but, Mike, you've anchored the morning news at KRLD in Dallas for almost 20 years. What time is your wake-up call? Let's put it this way. I get up when the bars close. Wow, I don't know how you manage that. So let me ask you this. How do you get yourself up and going every morning? So I'm one of the rare people in this business who do not drink coffee. I just, I never developed a taste for it. I love iced tea. And my doctor won't be real happy about me admitting this, but I have been known to drink the occasional gallon or two of Diet Coke. Well, I'm not a huge Diet Coke fan, but I'm pretty sure it's a prerequisite in a newsroom to drink coffee. But I think I need a little bit more of a boost than just a little sweet tea or Diet Coke at that time of the morning. I really want to know, though, why you're grilling me on my pre-show beverages. Well, our story this week revolves around energy drinks. This summer, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer asked the FDA to investigate the energy drink Prime, which he called, quote, one of the summer's hottest status symbols. It was developed by influencers Logan Paul and KSI. Paul has 18 million followers on TikTok and 27 million on Instagram. So does KSI have an actual name, or is that just initials? I've never seen an actual name. You can actually just go by your initials these days. That's one of our producers, Chris Blake. I'm Mike Rogers. This week on Something Offbeats, I'm going to talk with registered dietitian Amy Goodson, not only about energy drinks marketed to kids, but how caffeine affects all of us and how we can break that addiction. When you thought energy drink, like I used to always think Red Bull, that's the thing that I thought of. And now you got to think about an aisle of beverages that exists because there are vast amounts of energy drinks in every shape, color, size, and flavor. You're not kidding. I go to the grocery store, it literally is an entire aisle. So full transparency, I'm not an energy drink drinker. I don't prefer them for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, you know, when you think about a cup of coffee, depending on your source, right? Are you drinking Folgers at home or going to your favorite coffee shop down the road? Obviously, we know that caffeine levels can be different if we talk about espresso versus, you know, just basic coffee. But many of these energy drinks, I believe, has around 200 milligrams of caffeine per can. And there's some that even have more than that. So you're correct in that many of these energy drinks are multiplying the amount of caffeine that you might traditionally consume in a cup of coffee or something similar that we think of as a caffeinated beverage. Another comparison would be that one can of Prime features about the same amount of caffeine as a six-pack of soda. And while Goodson says that soda doesn't have as much caffeine as is often portrayed, it does still add to the total that we consume every day. 
But yeah, these energy drinks are multiplying the amount of caffeine that you're taking in. And I'm not sure that most consumers actually realize that. I'm not sure that they realize that they're drinking two to three times the amount of caffeine that they're consuming. And the other, like in a cup of coffee. And the other thing is that they drink their energy drinks, but are they also processing that the iced tea that they drink at lunch or the Starbucks beverage that they drink, they're also getting caffeine from all of those beverages as well, which could add up to a lot of caffeine over the course of the day. We're just totally over-caffeinated, aren't we? You know, I think we got a lot of nutrition problems in this world. And, and you know, that's kind of what I think a lot of it boils down to. People are not fueling their bodies well, so they're low on energy. So when you're low on energy, what do you want? energy. What gives you energy? Caffeine. So I actually think as a registered dietitian that there is a cycle here. We're staying up late. We're on the go. We're not eating well. So as a result, we need to quote unquote, fix that problem. And many people are reaching to caffeine, specifically energy drinks as a way to do that. What does that much caffeine do to the body? So caffeine can have a lot of effects. So let's kind of level the playing field and talk about what the quote unquote allowed consumption is. So the FDA says about 400 milligrams a day is the max that people should be taking in without seeing any negative health side effects. CDC supports that. Dietary Guidelines for Americans support that. Chris, I know you were being all judgy with me at the beginning of this episode for my caffeine intake. So let's break yours down. How much are you drinking every day? Probably much more than I should, and I've actually been trying to cut back. Hearing this interview you did with Amy Goodson makes me want to cut back even more, but I typically start my day with one or two cups of coffee and then have usually one more in the afternoon. Okay, now that's not so bad, but is that it? Where I get into trouble is on the days where I'm motivated enough to get up and work out before work, which happens maybe once a week. Those earlier mornings are when I'll reach for an energy drink because I don't want to wake up any earlier than I have to to make coffee, and then I follow the same coffee routine after the workout. And you thought I needed a boost in the morning. You know, just a few cans or cups, whatever it takes. And you probably get up like after the sun comes up, right? Depends on the workout. My problem is that I actually like the taste of coffee, so it's not only about the caffeine. Back in college, my roommate and I, he didn't like coffee either. We'd pop those Vivarin tablets when we had to pull an all-nighter. Remember those? That's caffeine in pill form. But I remember once we ran out, he actually pulled the cotton out of the bottle and put it in between his cheek and gum like snuff to get every last milligram of caffeine that he could. That's some desperation. That is desperation, yeah. Four hundred milligrams looks very different based on if you're drinking a, a beverage full of espresso or your like morning coffee at home. And so, you know, we know that caffeine gives you a little bit of energy. Like I drink coffee in the morning. You might as well. Like most of us know, it's the central nervous stimulant, going to give us a little energy, and that's fine. The problem is when it's abused. And the way I see this is that people reach for an energy drink, and those people often being many high school and college kids more and some adults, younger adults, more so than older adults, they reach for an energy drink. Then that when that one kind of wears off, they reach for another energy drink. Same thing, then another one and another one. And and you mentioned young people. Is that something we're seeing an increase in caffeine consumption among say teenagers? 
So I have worked peewee to pro in sports nutrition. So I've worked with tons and tons of athletes and I spend a lot of time in the high school space now. And yes, I read a statistic that said that there's a substantial 83% of teenagers between the ages of 13 and 17 that have incorporated caffeine into their regular routines. And I think one of the challenges here is it, like I said, they're not drinking one energy drink to replace an eight ounce cup of Folgers coffee in the morning. They are drinking it to stay energized and feel good throughout the day. Now, one of the challenges here is what the recommendations are for children and youth when it comes to caffeine intake. So the American Academy of Pediatrics says that children 12 and under, zero caffeine. They shouldn't be consuming caffeine. And then when we start talking about that 12 to 18 range, that youth and adolescent athlete, 100 milligrams or less. Well, find me an energy drink that has less than 100 milligrams in it. And if they're drinking multiple, they're drinking way more than what the American Academy of Pediatrics is going to say is safe for growing and young and developing kids and teens. So for a teenager, the recommended amount of caffeine in a day is roughly one quarter what it is for an adult. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a- and half of what's in one can of Prime. Exactly. And so my biggest challenge, and I I do talks all the times with youth athletes. I did one last night, actually. And my challenge is they're not just drinking one energy drink. They're drinking one, then they're reaching for another one, then they're reaching for another one. So what I typically ask that population group is what are you doing wrong that makes you need this much caffeine? Is it that you're not sleeping enough? Is it that you're not eating breakfast before you go to school, school could be, you know, K through 12th grade or college. Are you skipping meals? Are you not eating regularly? Because we know that if you're sleeping well, if you're fueling your body with nutrient rich foods and hydrating, you should feel pretty good over the course of the day. I'm not saying you may not need a little caffeine, but there's no reason that these younger athletes and students in general should be reaching for caffeine regularly every couple of hours. And that brings us back to why we're here in the first place. It's the number of young people drinking these energy drinks, particularly Prime. And we mentioned earlier that Senator Schumer asked for an FDA investigation into the drink. He says he did so partly to get the attention of parents who may not realize how much caffeine their kids are consuming. In his letter to the FDA, Schumer highlighted claims that Prime could boost athletic performance and focus, its heavy advertising on social media, and its caffeine content. So has the FDA done anything in response to Schumer's letter? It sounds like there's not much they can do when it comes to energy drinks as they fall under, quote, dietary supplements. Okay, I got it. And I guess the problem is exacerbated when the companies that make these drinks market them to young people. Do we see that? A hundred percent. When you look at a lot of the, the different energy drinks that are out there there, you see a lot of marketing now, like natural ingredients or, you know, clean ingredients. And even some of the cans look pretty sleek nowadays. They look pretty cool. I would say like, you know, Red Bull, I always thought had a cool look, but some of the ones like monster and prime, like our monster and uh, what are the other ones? Like bang, they have some pretty crazy looking cans, but now you see like the Celsius which are like these really sleek, 
cool cans that I think people feel cool. Like at the gym I go to, they have them in the refrigerator with the water and the sports drinks. And so they're marketing them to kids, to active young adults. What What are the long-term physical effects of drinking one or two or three of these a day? Well, when you think about what caffeine is doing to the body, it's really a pretty immediate effect. And so, you know, I talked about the headaches and the nauseousness, nervousness, anxiety. I think one of the worst long-term effects is that you become reliant on them. And so now all of a sudden you can't function without caffeine and you throughout the day. And when you consume that amount of caffeine over a period of time, it can have negative effects on your heart. It can have negative effects on blood pressure. It, you know, if you're skipping meals and snacks and just consuming caffeine, in place of that, you may not be getting the nutrients and the energy that you need. So I always like make people think about it. If you constantly need a high, that's a bad cycle to get into because then you, you will come off a high. And so anytime you're starting to rely on any version of, I would call us that like a supplement, almost like an energy supplement. Anytime that you're relying on a supplement, I would say, what are you replacing? Because typically there's something you're replacing to try to make yourself feel better in the world of like energy drinks and nutrition and all of these different things. Could these be considered addictive? Oh, 100% they could. Because when you think about caffeine, you know, let's think about when you think about the day you're like rested, you slept well, you had a nice cup of coffee in the morning, you like feel good over the course of the day. Well, that feeling is good on a day you're tired, worn out. You're like, Ooh, don't want to feel like this again. So if a, anybody, but specifically a younger person, they feel energetic, they feel like they have energy that's going to get them to the gym or to practice or through school, it can easily become addictive. So from the standpoint of the companies that make these drinks in terms of marketing, which we mentioned I guess it's a case, it's kind of like cigarettes and soft drinks. You get them hooked and you got a customer for life. It really is. And, and, you know, I think that with some, obviously some of these beverages, like we're talking about, have a decent amount of caffeine. There are some out there that only have a hundred milligrams. They may not be a substantial. And there are a few energy drinks out there that have vitamins and minerals and things like that in them. So that's fine. Many of them are higher in sugar and don't have a lot of nutrition. Some do have that. So I don't want to um, negate that all energy drinks don't have any vitamins or minerals. Some do. I think the challenge is how are you using the energy drink? So it's a beverage that's out there. I doubt they're going away. So if you're a person that's replacing your morning cup of coffee with an energy drink, and that's the only one you drink throughout the day, you hydrate with water and other nutrient-rich beverages and eat normally throughout the day, I don't know that I really see a problem with it, similar to me drinking my 16-ounce cup of Folgers coffee in the morning. The challenge for me is when you're relying on them as a source of energy. Well, let's talk about that. What are what are some of the alternatives? If I, if I need a quick pick me up, I've got a long you know drive coming up. Let's say I got a road trip and I'm I'm already feeling tired. So obviously, you know, caffeine is caffeine. It really doesn't matter technically where it comes from, whether it comes from coffee, tea, energy drinks. So if you want a cup of coffee, great. That could be a cup of coffee. If you want an iced tea or maybe a green tea that usually has a good amount of caffeine in it, that could do it. 
So I'm like, from a dietitian standpoint, like I know that if you're fueling your body well and you're eating carbs and protein often throughout the day, so you have eggs and toast and fruit in the morning, you grab, you know, an, a protein bar and a fruit mid, you know, on your drive that you're talking about, you have a sandwich with meat and cheese on whole grain bread, a salad and whole grain crackers at lunch. When you make those types of decisions throughout the day, you will help stabilize your blood sugar. And when you stabilize your blood sugar, that helps stabilize your energy levels. So if you had the CEO of one of these companies in there with you right now, what would you say to them? Just come on, do the right thing, right? You know, it's so hard because in the world of products, if your product sells, you're going to keep selling it and you're going to keep marketing it. I, I think a lot of it comes down for companies like from a mission value vision standpoint, like what is it that you want to promote and does your product support the health and wellness of young kids? And if you're marketing it to them, knowing that your one can of whatever it is is more caffeine than what a kid should be consuming, there might be, that's kind of an integrity issue to me when it comes to marketing. And so, you know, but they're buying it. But then of course, it's a lot of times parents that are the ones buying them. Where do the kids get the money? Lots of kids don't have jobs, not enough to be buying energy drinks all day. So I don't, I don't know. It's kind of an uphill battle, I think, because it, to me, it's on the it's on the company to educate people no matter what about what's in their product. And I think a lot of people consume energy drinks blindly, not really realizing the maybe how much caffeine is in it and or how much caffeine they should or should not be consuming over the course of the day. My last question, you, the dietitian, you've got a can of Red Bull in front of you, a can of Coke and a cup of coffee. You're going for door number one, two or three. Oh, three, coffee all the way. I am just not an energy drink girl. Coffee, put a little bit of milk in there, kind of make it like a little latte and and drink it up. And you know, here's the thing with coffee too. When you think about coffee beans and tea leaves, they have a lot of antioxidant properties. And so, but again, I don't want people drinking two pots of coffee a day. So it's really all relative, right? I mean, it's the same concept of everything can be okay in moderation, but in excess, lots of things are not good for you. And so I think it really balances. We don't live in a culture that really supports a lot of balance. Like we say we want this like holistic health, yet everything we do is very extreme and dramatic. Little indulgence is okay every now and then. Just don't get carried away. Bingo. That is the moral of the story. You got to live a little bit. Oh my gosh. But it's when we get out of balance and then we do that consistently. That's where we start to see the negative health effects of various foods, beverages, supplements, etc. I'm Mike Rogers and thanks for listening to Something Offbeat. This episode written and produced by Lauren Berry and Chris Blake. Audio editing by Brief Lawrence. Original music by Myron Kaplan and editorial support from Cooper Mall. To keep listening, please subscribe to us in the Odyssey app or Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, as always, if you've got your own offbeat story that you think we should cover, we'd love to hear about it. Send it to us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey at A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 